Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the Academica Vertex. I'm Varun Bansal, and with me today is Aditya Ayer. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Varun. Uh, after the second game week, finally in game week five, my team has finally clicked, you can say, without the wildcard. So, finally managed to score more than 50 points and, uh, you know, nearing close to the one lakh rank. So, it's it's kind of been a very decent game week for me and I'm hopefully looking forward to move ahead now. So, what about you, Varun? Yeah, I did well. I I had a captain fail in Alonso, but still managed to get a green arrow and into the top one million, and I, I'm I'm happy with that. Yes, I mean captaincy fails will happen, but we'll have to move forward. We have to be more positive and be patient. Yeah, I mean that's true. But uh, the rest of the team bailed me out. Got a good score of fifty-eight. Got a green arrow and nine hundred k current rank. But still, moving forward, I I'm very confident with my team. What about you? Yes, I am confident, but I still have the wild card. So I'm going to probably wild card in game week eight around that time when the second international break turns up. So, yeah, uh, kind of happy, but disappointed with a few players, especially Salah, not clicking. We'll have to wait and see. Sanchez again, I don't know what's happening. Mikitarian is benched, maybe lost his place. Uh, Ericsson, Spurs are just riding along the waves. So we don't know what's exactly hap- going to happen now. Yeah, yeah, a lot of uncertainties in different teams at the moment. And you were talking about Salah. And, and I think that is the biggest question in the community right now. Whether you want to have Salah in your team or not. He's probably going to drop today as well. And become uh, 12.9 million after today. But what's your take? Uh, Salah or no Salah? I mean, as everybody uh, speaking about the fixtures for Liverpool, which is indeed getting a little bit difficult. I think if it's PSG, then Southampton at home. And then I think it's uh, Chelsea, the League Cup. And then they face Chelsea again. So, I'm not, not pretty much sure how Liverpool are going to perform now. But basically, looking at the Premier League game against Southampton, I'm just going to hold on to him. And then probably switch to Eden Hazard. If, if Hazard keeps up his form, because mostly it's... Hazard's bus kind of picks up very fast and then blanks up in the middle. So, you really don't know. But as of now, if you have Salah, just hold on to him for another week and then probably decide whether you need to get him out or not. Yeah, I was looking at the Southampton game. and Because of the PSG game went week, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical as to that he might get benched against Southampton. And if, he, if, that's, if that happens, I'm not keeping him after that week. I'm just going to get rid but if he plays against Southampton and gets something, then then I'm very happy with him. But uh, yeah, moving forward, the fixtures are not looking good. But I think I think he still has potential against Spurs as well. He had a few chances, and he couldn't uh, put them away. I'm still confident he can come good over the next few weeks. Yes, we'll have to be patient, but we don't know what this is. Uh, all jokes are turning up that Mane is not passing the ball and all. I mean, it's all nonsense. But yeah, I mean, he should have passed, you know. I'm saying he should have passed to Salah. Why did he pass to Keita in that position? I, I don't know. Uh, and the Egyptians are going mad at him in the, in his Instagram post. And I'm just, they, it's so hilarious, I'm, I must say. <laughs> yes, but uh, I mean, we are, we are not in the right position to talk about. We really don't know what goes on on players' minds when they are at that particular position with the ball. Probably it's much easier 
easier for us to analyze it and all after the entire match is over with all those touch screens and all those scenes should have passed and that but we really don't know what exactly goes on in the players minds at that particular time so probably he should have passed but hopefully does it properly next time yeah i mean uh, the, it's a split second decision isn't it whether have to go right or left and he made that decision and it didn't turn out well sala had the chance to get well and he didn't put them away so we can't say that he couldn't have scored a, uh, he could have scored it but still i was disappointed with this uh, with this uh, result but hopefully against southampton he can redeem himself but i'm keeping him for now i'm keeping him for now moving on uh, let's talk about eden hazard a lot of people who have sold sala have gone for the belgian and he has been in very good form he was in very good form in the world cup and he continued it uh, in the league season a hat trick against cardiff city he's also on penalties and he seems to be very much involved and he seems to be playing 90 minutes for a change um, i mean uh, if he keeps it up why the hell not yes i mean his price is certainly rising and if all the managers who are brave enough to get him in the wild card in place of sala i mean that's that's a good move currently that's the best move and still it will be the best move if you want to get rid of sala but i've just taken look at the stats over the last three game weeks that's game week 3 4 and the last game week there was five and if if you still see in in terms of chances created sala is still the, at the top with 10 with david silva is also with 10 and then we have edin hazard who has created seven chances but in terms of goal threat andreshel had 19 attempts then mohammad salah had 13 and then edin hazard with 11 So over the last three weeks, the stats are saying something else, but probably over the last two weeks it would have changed. So with Chelsea's fixtures also looking good now, they they will face West Ham, then they face Liverpool again, and then Southampton. That's the next three weeks fixture that really looks good. So Eden Hazard is is the right option. Again, Pedro and Willian is the alternates, but I don't know whoever comes on off from the bench manages to score. I don't know. It's again a confusion. So just if you want to be more clear and have players. who are certain to start hazard is demand and also i i don't think he'll play much of the europa league games considering the group group fixtures and the teams so i guess hazard is is the best option now yeah i mean i'm i'm certainly uh, not thinking about uh, villian or pedro because they are just going to be rotating like anything you know uh, this week villian performed after coming off the bench and pedro didn't uh, from the start maybe next week villian starts it's just going to be back and forth back and forth and and you just won't get your value out of them uh, i think hazard is uh, is a good option in attack and maybe uh, maybe olivier giroud could be one because his impact on uh, chelsea's performance was a lot uh, he he got two assists and he played really well uh, could could you see him uh, getting morata's place uh, uh, for permanent on a permanent basis he could now i just opened up the stats for forwards and over the last 3 weeks again oliver giroud has created eight chances that's the second best by a forward so you, you you could probably see morata isn't able to create the chances probably for others to support be a support system like for the other players so probably giroud will i think has taken up his place but morata is kind of more excellent finisher i mean uh, he has a good quality ball control and all is all excellent but i don't know why he deviated away so as of now with the current form and current scenario i think giroud has is, is going to play the most of the games and he has taken up the place unless morata proves that he is a better player than giroud so 
probably I think Oliver Giroud could be a good option, but I think with Eden Hazard available, he is the best, not Giroud. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Morata could be given a Europa League duties uh, that starts on Thursday, which means more Premier League football for Giroud as well. So that will be uh, that will be interesting to see. Also, but you got to have Alonso, don't you? From Chelsea, you got to have Marcus Alonso. He's he's in great form at the moment. He's in great form, but. I, I've just avoided Alonso again. So, as long as he blanks, I'll be very happy. But as long as he banks more and more points, my rank will just keep on going down. So, uh, if if you have the amount of money you have, or if you have Alonso, I think most of the managers will be certainly having Alonso. He's been currently selected by 42.9%. So, that's almost, wow. so that's almost every, every two teams you'll find at least Alonso once. So, so... I mean, those 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 who have those who don't have Alonso, just forget now. There's no chance of getting him for around the midfielder's price. You could probably look at some other options now. But if you have Alonso, you can just relax and enjoy when he get get you the point. Maybe something somebody to consider on your wild card this game. Yes, but probably six point eight for a defender. I, I'm 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 really not happy paying that much amount. And if he if he was around six point five, it's okay. But six point eight. It's an extra point three which I'll have to get from somewhere else. So kind of hesitant, but we'll see what what will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that absolutely. And let's uh, uh, next we'll talk about uh, Wolverhampton. The defense has been performing well uh, recently. Uh, Doherty at uh, right wing back has has been uh, playing very far forward. Got an assist last game, having opportunity that he should have scored. Do you think? Uh, Doherty at 4.4 million, that's really cheap, is one we should definitely have in our teams. I mean, what do you really expect from a defender at 4.5 or 4.4? You are getting a right wing back at that amount. Is just, just grab it. And I had Doherty from the first gimmick itself. And then he, he didn't get a clean sheet. He scored a known goal. He got a kind of an injury scare. No clean sheets in the middle. His price dropped. I was... You know, kind of very upset having him, but I, I, I just checked out. He had a lot of potential championship, and you know, he played well. Kind of as his goals and all were kind of a good rate. So I managed to hold on to him despite his price falling. Probably I'm, I'm getting all the whatever was necessary for me to be earned. I'm getting it now. So at 4.4, it's probably the best option. But they face, uh, I think, uh, United the next week, then Southampton and Palace. So I mean. The next three weeks, it's kind of a good run of fixtures. And even defense-wise, uh, they have improved a lot over the last three weeks. Uh, Wolves. So, they've just considered 11 shots on target over the last three weeks. So, that's, that's not kind of bad defensive week. And also, just considered five goals. So, defensively, they are good. I mean, uh, they you, you can just see how they haven't made a lot of changes in the defense. It's, it's kind of the same five-man defense from the first week itself. So that kind of says the manager is kind of having a lot of trust with his defense. So And also he occasionally goes a lot of forward. You can see most of the time in the opponent's box looking here and there. So at 4.4, that's probably the best option. I mean, if you have that amount of money and you, you want to get rid of somebody else, I mean, just get him at this price. Yeah, and Willie Bolly is also one who is a he's a threat from set pieces. Scored against Man City, could have scored in the last game as well. And uh, not a, not only the defense, uh, but uh, Jimenez has been playing well in attack. And uh, I was looking at the prices yesterday, and 
Jota is down to say 6.2 million right now and if he picks up his form he could ba- come back in uh, consideration he could i mean uh, if if he jumps to 6 million then he's a good option but we'll have to wait and see if he grabs up his form back because it's it's kind of looking a stale run for him now so we'll have to wait and see how he grabs up his form now so as of now i'm just going to keep away from him so we'll, we'll see how things go ahead we'll have to be more patient yeah and uh, uh, wolves defeated burnley uh, this week uh, they didn't look very good they look like a stale team uh, a tired team uh, a team with nothing to show for themselves i mean it, it really looks curtains from to me at the moment uh, for burnley yeah, i mean it's kind of very unfortunate to see if if we have a look at their last season performances and all it was just fantastic seeing a team of such a you can say a caliber i mean rated nobody even spoke a lot about them they kind of outperform and uh, managed to even play the qualifications of the europa league it was i think kind of their best shot i suppose for the team of the history in their club not sure so and probably getting out in the qualification round in the europa league is kind of disappointing because we could see sonnite is kind of focused on getting themselves up and i think probably they don't have squad strength is not a good this time i suppose players are kind of injured and they're not kind of fit you can say they're kind of weak so probably they're facing that issue so i i feel they might get relegated if things go around like this because it's kind of very difficult for teams to jump back so quickly now so probably the next round of fixtures for them they have to turn things around quickly now and also they face bournemouth cardiff and huddersfield these three fixtures aren't that bad bournemouth have looking fantastic so that game is going to be a difficult one for them cardiff and huddersfield again are two games they have a shot they have a chance of winning the game so they'll have to step up and if they grab those you can say six points in the remaining those three games to stand a chance to go up in the table now yeah i mean you can already look at the teams that are going to struggle uh, to survive uh, burnley is one of them uh, so is cardiff huddersfield newcastle is another i don't think west ham will uh, have any problems surviving but these four teams look like uh, the most likely to be involved in the battle to survive and i mean uh, it's no uh wonder that you don't get many options from these teams uh maybe from cardiff you can look at uh, danny ward he's out of position and playing as striker philip billing from huddersfield as a 4.5 million midfielder enabling you to improve your squad elsewhere but apart from there you just can't see anyone that is worthy to be in your team yes you can't you can't see and if they perform only people will come into picture right so if they're not performing nobody even will look at the their players right now we can see that this bottom three are huddersfield newcastle and burnley and then we have 17th place cardiff 16th place west ham so they are all separated by around i think one or two two points here and there so those those teams but it's surprising to see west ham yeah. many people have anatovic and fabianski and they are looking in the 16th position here they won their first game last week against everton so probably west ham can turn things around from now onwards i mean those who have anatovic just keep hold of him now we'll have to see whether he's going to be injured doesn't look like he's going to miss few games now yeah but the fixtures aren't looking really good they play chelsea manchester united and liverpool in the next three four games I mean, it it doesn't get any easier, does it? It doesn't get easier. So probably just forget the defensive assets, including the keeper now. But Arnautovic is is 
is a player who will score in any game. I feel so. If you have him, just keep keep hold of him. Yeah, and and you talked about Everton. Uh, they were really disappointing on the weekend. Richarlison will be back though next week, and uh, hopefully he can uh, put something that was missing uh, from that attack. And Cheng Tosun uh, really looked poor in that game and has been this season. Got subbed off early for Umanias as well. But uh, uh, seeing as uh, Richarlison was used as a striker uh, for Brazil, uh, I saw this on Twitter the other day. Richarlison was used as a striker for Brazil. Do you think there's a chance that he could play up front for Everton as well? He can if if Marco Silva feels Tosun isn't able to fire. But uh, I think he'll switch back to his regular place. I don't know which wing did he play. I think. He he played on the left. He played on the left, right? So I I guess he will switch back as a left winger and Tosun will continue. I mean, players will have their bad runs, right? But you have to push them. You have to make them go through that that phase and probably get their confidence up. Otherwise, it's it's no use of playing them, right? You have to make them go through that phase, right? You have bought a forward from Turkey. I don't know for how many million now. You can't afford to bench him. Keep on benching him and make his confidence to go low now. So you have to make him go through that phase, make him score goals. Probably his confidence will then increase. So probably Richardson will continue playing as a left winger, and probably once he scores goals, back again Everton's morale and team confidence will, will go back now. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, he is under firing at the moment, but a couple of strikers are not under firing at the moment. One of them is Romelu Lukaku for Manchester United. He scored a couple of goals uh, the week before. A goal against Brighton and now his fourth goal of the season against Watford. Looking forward, the the fixtures aren't too difficult for Manchester United. Do you think it's time to get Big Rom in? Yes, I mean, at 11 million now, here is a lot of problem for us to get who is going to be our single premium striker now because we, we can't afford to get two premium forwards now. So there's only going to be one. So those people who don't have Man City midfielders, like me and rely on aguero as their only city option we, we have no choice of getting rid of him so we will keep aguero now lukaku at 11 is probably a fantastic option now because we have seen alexis sanchez is not playing up to his level so it's probably a waste now at that amount so probably deselling out and all could be few other options but moreno kind of you can't see moreno who is going to prefer playing as definite starter probably lukaku is his Hundred percent definite starter unless he's ruled out. So and also he's a threat during set pieces and all, and he's also kind of implored after the World Cup and he's kind of getting his form back. So Lukaku at eleven million is a very good option now. I think he had twelve attempts over the last three weeks. I think he scored three goals in the last three weeks and also has managed to create six chances, which is the third best. So his stats look good and you need somebody at eleven million probably get him Lukaku. Yeah and. Uh... Talking about Lukaku, I think I will have him 100% this week after the Champions League game. Of course, uh, making sure he doesn't get injured. Uh, I have Aubameyang and I have Aguero. So possibly for Aubameyang, I will swap him for Lukaku. But uh, Aguero has an injury scare, and if that turns out to be a longer injury, then I may have to sacrifice the City man. Talking about the City assets, another injury scare this time for Benjamin Mendy. He could be out for weeks as well. I mean, how do we maneuver this? Because we want to keep uh, somebody from City in our teams. And if I have both, I have two City assets that uh, the, those are Aguero and Mendy, and if both of them are injured, I'm screwed. 
I mean, it's very, very difficult for us to say what, what exactly the injuries and how long they are going to recover now, how long time they will take it and all. But yeah, it, it's very difficult if, if you're in this position, having two lone city assets and they're both getting injured. Is, I mean, it's going to be a big problem for you to deal now. I, I generally prefer having players, I think only one player from each club is what I try to do it. And two, if, if the players are excellent and the team form is good. But yeah, I, I mean, I I really don't know Benjamin about Benjamin Mendy, how long he's going to take to recover. So, um, we, we'll have to see. But probably, let's see, probably if, if you have options at 6 million, I mean, are there any worth options at 6 million to replace Mendy for a short duration? I mean, we'll have to see. Yeah, very difficult to find good defensive options at the moment because a lot of the teams uh, can't keep clean sheets and Man City are one that you back to keep clean sheets every week. So, you're probably going to want to get a Man City player in for him but you just can't say what is going to happen. Maybe he's in out for long. So, hopefully that's the case. I can keep him in my team. And uh, the European competitions are back this week. Uh, the UCL and the Europa League as well. And uh, I think uh, the most impacts uh, on teams would be the Europa League. Chelsea and Arsenal are involved. And Arsenal just look devoid of options, don't they? Henrik Mkhitaryan is getting benched every week. Aubameyang is playing at left and isn't doing really well. I mean, well, where do we go? Because you just don't know if you're if you going to play next week or not. Yes, I mean, at, at, at this situation, if, if we are facing this situation, just we are going to steer clear ahead of Arsenal. Not even have any player from Arsenal because defensively, they aren't that performing well, I mean, they're leaking in goals. I mean, if, if you leak in a goal in the 90th minute, both you lose all your clean sheet points. So, it's not worth of having a defender from Arsenal. Mkhitaryan is probably not going to play because he wants to facilitate two forwards now. Probably Mesut Ozil, but he'll score, he'll score a week. He won't play for three weeks. He'll have a back injury again. <laughs> and then and then he'll pick up his form again. So, it's kind of uncertain again. But Lacazette could be one... Only one sole option from Arsenal is what I feel. But now I'm looking, I had Mkhitaryan and he's not even playing. So probably I'll just get rid of him now. I'm going to stay away from Arsenal until their squad is clear and we we know I mean, who they're going to play. But their, their next fixes look really good. So that's kind of surprising for us now. So we, we really are in a very you know, chaotic position probably. We could say we don't know what to do with Arsenal players now. Yeah, I agree with it. I, I don't think I'll keep any Arsenal players after this week. I'm going to get rid of Mkhitaryan as well as Aubameyang. And it's a shame because I was really I was really curious as to what they're going to do. And I was excited as to uh, the points that I'm going to get from them. But that didn't happen at all. And now I'm trying to look at options. And I'm trying to look at options to get in in place of Hendrik Mkhitaryan. And I just don't see a lot of options. I already have Ryan Fraser. I mean, he's in form, isn't he? He was injured, apparently. He came in and scored two goals and an assist. What about him? Yes, I mean, at 5.7, he's had six attempts over the last three weeks. And probably has scored, I guess, three three goals. I'm I'm not sure whether I'm, I'm right with that. No, he scored two goals over the last three weeks. I think had six attempts and has also created six chances. So, I, I that amount, you're, you're getting what you need, right? You're getting goals, you're getting assists. Bournemouth are looking also excellent in terms of their form. Uh, I, and their fixture also look good. I mean, they play Burnley away, then they play 
Crystal Palace at home, Watford away, Southampton at home, and then Fulham away. So the, the next five weeks for Fulham, the five games look good. And I even managed to get in Adam Smith last week. He scored a goal, but I benched him. And so, I mean, probably, <laughs> no, but I, I, I don't regret because my three defenders managed to give me good points. I got Van Bissaka's nine points, Doherty's 12, I think Bennett's six. So, I'm kind of happy, so I'm, I'm not bothered about Adam Smith. Unless one of them failed to keep a clean sheet, I would be trying. But nevertheless, probably a good move. Adam Smith also could be a good option. He selected only 0.7%. If Bournemouth keep clean sheets, it's, it's, it's a good option. Otherwise, people are running behind. I think Rico, the left back, but we'll, we'll have to see if, if he's really a good attacking threat player. But yeah, Fraser at 5.7 is a good option, even if you have a wild card now. Probably get him in because the next five fixtures for Bournemouth look good. Yeah, and uh, because I already have Ryan Fraser, I was looking at other replacements for Hendrik Mkhitaryan, and uh, I was considering Andre Scherler at five point nine. He has been creating a lot of chances in the recent weeks. I mean, the, uh, the last game was against Manchester City, so we can't really comment on that. But apart from that, he has been he scored a couple of goals and he has been creating chances. Do you think Andre Scherler is a Good option. I mean, he saves me a bit of cash to upgrade, say, Kamara to Ings uh, in the next week as well. So, I'm really finding that interesting. Yes, I mean, at 5.9, good option. is a really good option. Five chances created over the last three weeks. As I said before, he had 19 attempts on goal. That's the most. And has scored two goals in the last three weeks. At 5.9, you're getting what you need. I mean, I, I have to check out of Fulham's fixtures. For the next, yes, they play uh, Watford at home, Everton away, Arsenal at home, Cardiff away and Bournemouth at home. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it looks good. It's, it's not that bad. I mean, they've also created 54 chances over the last five weeks. That's the fifth best and they've had a total of uh, 69 attempts on goals. So, so that, that's not bad. Attacking-wise, they have looked decent enough to score goals. But I, I, I would probably look at Madison from Leicester. That, that might be my move for Mkhitaryan at 6.6. Kind of kind of more expensive than Sirlet. But uh, Leicester also are looking decent. So, at 6.6 could be a good move for me. Getting in Madison. But even Searle is a good move. But Mkhitaryan has kind of let us down. But we, we'll see now after this Europa League game whether he wants to get him in or not. I think uh, the main reason that I want to uh, downgrade to uh, uh, Shala is that so I can upgrade camera to Danny Ings as well. And I really don't fancy Madison over the long term. I think he has been really lucky with his goals and assists this season. And I think uh, it won't last a lot. But I could be wrong, but I feel like uh, Shala is a better option at the moment. But you think Danny Ings is a good option? Of course, he doesn't play next week uh, because... Uh, they're going to Liverpool, which is his former team. But over the long term, he looks to be the real deal. He has been performing really well, creating a lot of chances. Saints' main man. Yes, I mean, we, we can clearly see uh, why Saints uh, got him in on loan. Because he's, he's, a, he's a very good, stable forward in the sense he can score goals. He does create a few chances here and there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, ignoring the... Uh, you can say the next fixture against Liverpool. Uh, Ings, Ings is a kind of player I think he'll probably manage to score in, uh, in the games they play. So, I mean, they play Liverpool, which is not going to play. And then they face Wolves, Chelsea, Bournemouth, and Newcastle. It, it's, it's again a decent run, but at 5.7, 
you're, you're getting a forward who's, who's managing to create a few chances here and there, having a few attempts and managing to score goals. I mean, that's, that's a good move, right? At 5.7, more, what we need exactly at that amount. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think uh, he will be my transfer after game week six because I don't, I won't, I won't, I won't transfer him right now because uh, what's the point uh, of spending a transfer on him when I can upgrade elsewhere and he's he isn't going to play. But after this week, uh, he's the one I'm I'm considering. But if you have some some more cash, you can stretch to seven million. You can look at uh, Wilfried Zaha, who has been forming like a madman this season. Didn't play a couple of games, but when he's playing, he's scoring goals. Last week, I mean, this week he scored. A, what a fantastic goal that was from from the left hand side. I mean, he's looking a steal at that price. I, I must say. Yes, I mean, if if Palace need to win games, I guess it, it rests all on uh, Wilfred Zaha. So if Zaha doesn't manage to play, and if Zaha doesn't, you know, kind of raise his performances and manage to score goals, the Crystal Palace don't seem to win games. So yes, I mean, we we, we did have few. Concerns before the league when it began, whether it's Arnautovic or Zaha, it kind of looks similar. I mean, Zaha is managing to return points. Arnautovic is also managing to return points at a constant rate, despite having difficult fixtures. So, again, mostly people have Arnautovic or Zaha. So, if, if you have the amount and you want to stretch out, Probably Zaha could be an option, but as as in my case, I have already have Anatovic, so probably I'm not going to look out. I'm not even going to think of replacing him as of now. It depends on his injury, whether it's a serious one. I don't think so. But yeah, I mean, Zaha is kind of looking a consistent player now, and Palace are also looking good. Yeah, and uh, Aaron Van Bissaka has been forming really well for Palace as well, and he is just a steal at 4 million. I mean, uh, he's a season keeper because of that price. Whatever happens, he's staying in my team from now till game week 38. <laughs> but uh, I guess we have talked about a lot of stuff, but we haven't talked about Tottenham Hotspur, the team that didn't sign a player. And no wonder the players are getting tired out like anything. Uh, Harry Kane looks like a shadow of himself. A lot of players aren't fit. Ben Davis isn't playing. Son just returned. Dali Ali is injured. Dembele did, wasn't very good. And uh, now they have UCL to contend with. I mean, where do we go from here when we're looking at Tottenham? They have good fixtures, but they aren't in form at all. They, they lost two consecutive games against Watford and Liverpool. I mean, it's looking very bleak for them. Yes, I mean, um, probably Pochettino is managing to find similar players at the position to play. That That's resulting in most of the first-team players to play more games and more minutes now. So, probably they're getting more tired and not managing to you know, display their performances now. And I, I, I just re- read out the stats of their last three weeks' performances. So, in terms of chances created, they have created 21 chances. That's the fourth worst. And in terms of the number of attempts on goal, they had 31. That's also the fourth worst. So probably they have kind of dropped their performances from game week three. They did manage to beat Manchester United in game week three. But probably after that, Watford and the Liverpool game, they haven't managed to you know, kind of step up and they're kind of losing their gas here and there. And, and also the Champions League also beginning now. It's, it's going to be a tough, tough run for Spurs to manage. Of all their games now here and there. They face, I think, Inter Milan. They're playing They're playing Inter Milan, right? And then they play Brighton, Watford and Huddersfield. So, it's going to be a real, real problem for us now, all of those having spots as it's, as it's now. But I do have Ericsson now. I, I did have him from week one. He's kind of providing a few assists. 
here and there. At, at, at that amount of price, he isn't returning as much he should be. But I, I'll, just, I'll just stick on with him now until I wildcard now. So then I can assess what I need to do. Yeah, uh, I mean, we have talked about all the points here. But uh, uh, let's start with a, f- a bunch of rapid-fire questions. Uh, let's say I give you a player and you say keep or sell. And, and we'll go from there. I'll, I'll say five or seven. It's just a new thing that we are trying. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, let's say Mendy is out for one week and he will be back for game week seven. You had him from the start at six million. Now he's priced at 6.5. Keep or sell? No brainer. Keep him. Yeah, that's what I thought. Let's move on. Uh, Everton, uh, Theo Walcott, he plays against his former team Arsenal next week. He didn't quite perform this week. Keep or sell? If you want to get rid of Walcott, get rid of Chalison. <laughs> that will be my move if I have a transfer. But some players tend to perform well against their old team. So, we, we never know that. But it's kind of difficult. I never liked Walcott the way he played. So, I would say sell him. Hopefully, he doesn't score a lot of goals now. Okay. Salah, keep or sell? Keep him for one week and then get rid of him. Okay. A couple more. Let's say you have a Tottenham player. Let's say you have Harry Kane. Keep or sell? Harry Kane. I mean, I don't know how many managers really have Harry Kane now. That's a really surprising question. I mean, his ownership is still very high. 26% around. I mean, Spurs fixtures look good, but he's not firing at the moment. So, I would probably get in Lukaku or somebody else. So, I'll probably sell him now. Yeah, I thought so as well because he just isn't doing... I mean, at 12.5, he needs to be performing at least once in two, two weeks. That isn't happening. Yes, I mean, and, uh, he's, he's getting overloaded, right? Continuous from the World Cup, oh, he's managing, just playing so many games, not getting rested. Probably one international game in between, he didn't play. So it's kind of a lot of stress, right, for a player, not getting enough amount of rest, quite probably is hindering his performances. Yeah, and something that's relevant to you, Alexis Sanchez, keep or sell? I'm just going to keep him because of the fixtures. Okay, and finally, that's the end of the rapid fire section. But before uh, we move on, I'd like to say if you have none, or TBC in your team, they are season keepers, whatever price you have. Yeah, you can also triple captain them one week. They'll give you a lot of points. Yeah, I agree with that because they are the only players who play in all the games. Consistent returns. Every week you'll find at least one time they will give you some points. But they'll have to allot some points, right? So it'll be some bonus chip or something. Fifth chip, fourth chip or something. Yeah, yeah. And bonus point system, I mean, on the on that topic, let's talk about that. Bonus point system is something that divides the FPL community like no other. Salah isn't getting any of them. Some players are just magnet. I remember Daniel Sturridge came on as an 80th minute substitute, scored a goal and he got bonus points while Salah didn't get a single bonus point. I mean, it boggles my mind sometimes how that is calculated. But I mean, what are your thoughts on the bonus points? Do you think it's it's a good system? It's based, the basis of its use is good or it needs to be scrapped out? I mean, I haven't really checked out in detail how the system works and calculates, but I think the FPL point system itself probably probably should be changing now because uh, even if you see, I think in MLS fantasy and all, you have assist to assist points and all. Probably, I mean, in that case, if you get in that those kind of style, I mean, probably the value of defensive midfielders will also go up, right? It's it's like having a defensive midfielder is it's, it's like waste, like in a squad at four point five and five million because they don't do anything other than getting those two points. So I mean, even bonus point system, shot accuracy, and all those stuff. If you, if you miss the shot, shot on targets, and all those, 
I mean, that, that's that's probably why Sturridge got a bonus point because he scored in one attempt. Of, I mean, this is how the thing was. Like creating a big chance then for every two clearances. All those clearance blocks, intercepts and all. I mean, it's, it's very difficult for every layman person to understand it here and there. Like missing a big chance, minus three. You, you lose the bonus point there. The shot off target, minus one. What is this? I mean... You can't you you can't make sure every time your shot will be on target that you'll get points. I mean, this is sometimes it's really frustrating for a when a player, despite scoring a goal, powering an assist, doesn't even manage to get himself in the system. Yeah, I mean, at least uh, the bonus point system is consistent, and we often say that stats don't tell the whole story, and that's what happens. The stats say that that person doesn't deserve, say, bonus points. But when you look at it, you think that it is undeserved. Probably was the best player on the pitch. But, uh, I mean, if you put a human element in there, it, it really isn't good. But you have to go somewhere. You have to decide something. You have to come to a middle ground. And that's missing at the moment. And the second uh, controversial thing right now is the awarding of assists. I was really pissed off when Marcus Alonso didn't get the assist for Villian's goal this week because I captained him. And it just doesn't make sense. It's really inconsistent. I mean, sometimes for some sort of passes, you give an assist and the next game, it just does you don't give an assist. I mean, does it really have to do with something with Mark Southerns? <laughs> or, I mean... I don't really understand what's happening with that. I don't know. Just, just leave Mark alone. Okay? <laughs> I, I, I really don't think. Why would he be meddling with all those stuff and all? But yeah, I mean, those, those the Gareth McCauley one which happened two two years back. I mean, that's just the best award I have seen. I don't know from where they gave him the assist. From. I don't know. It, it, it was an, a goal, right? I think it was John, uh, Johnny Evans or somebody else scored. I don't know what, what confusion happened and it was given to Macaulay. So ev- 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 everywhere you see it like to be decided or something, we see always Macaulay in the replies and all, the tweets, because it's, it's the worst mistake they had done. And I can hear yeah, if, if inconsistency kind of goes ahead every time, every every weekend now, if you see like some stupid as is not been given, clear ones not given and few sometimes two deflected ones and all been given as this it's kind of frustrating for us right if, if it's not inconsistent people will lose patience playing right I, I I know a lot of people here and there that lose patience mid, mid mid season itself because they see something and they get something so probably all all these are creating problems yeah I mean first of all that was a Gareth Macaulay goal because I had him that week so I was really happy <laughs> but uh... even, even I had him but when I checked the replay I think it did rebound I think Johnny Evans was the one who scored. I'm not sure because I did check it on replay. McCauley didn't have a touch, as of course. Probably would have been his assist, not a goal. But I, I really don't know how it works. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm, I don't really get the inconsistency in the assists this season, especially. And I hope that's something that is cleared up uh, by official FPL. They are interacting more with the community this season, and it's really good to see that. And uh, hopefully more and more interaction leads to uh, a better game for all of us. That's uh, what I hope, at least. Uh, and thank you today for joining, Aditya. It was a pleasure having you. Yeah, it's my pleasure always being part of the Academic Awards now. Yeah, and uh, uh, this has been uh, episode 14 of the Academica Vertex. I am Varun Bansal and with me was Aditya Ayer and we will see you in the next one. Thank you.